الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور أنفسنا ومن سيئات أعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له 
وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وسلم يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن إلا وأنتم مسلمون يا أيها الذين آمنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم أعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما أما بعد when we look at one of the key qualities, one of the key characteristics that Allah uses to describe people of Jannah, and we hope and we pray that all of us and our loved ones are among them, Amin Rabbil Alameen. There's a key quality that Allah mentions time and time and time again in the Quran. Allah mentions that these were people of action. Allah mentions that this is a reward for what they used to do. جَزَاءً بِمَا كَانُوا يَعْمَلُونَ You find this in Surah Safat, you find it in Surah Al-Zumar, you find it in many places in the Qur'an. Allah mentions that these were people of action. The prerequisite to action, and it goes without saying, is knowledge. It's not just about taking action and doing things, not knowing what we're doing. In that scenario, it doesn't matter how sincere your intentions are, you can have very well-meaning, sincere intentions and do a whole lot of damage. This applies to physical health, this applies to mental health, this applies to spiritual health. Someone can be very sincere and sincerely want to help somebody with a physical toothache they have. That doesn't justify getting a butter knife and Vaseline and saying, hey, let me do some oral surgery on you right now on, you know, on the kitchen floor. It doesn't matter how sincere you are in that situation. The knowledge has to be coupled with action. The action has to be coupled with knowledge. Both of them go hand in hand. When it comes to learning, when it comes to learning anything secular, when it comes to learning anything related to any of the sciences, whatever they may be, we tend to take that learning seriously, especially when it comes to the secular realm, we need to take it just as, if not more seriously, when it comes to the spiritual realm. The legacy that our Nabi left us, وسلم, and he said it himself, that prophets, they don't leave behind wealth for inheritance. They leave behind knowledge, and the scholars are the inheritors of the prophets. When it comes to Islamic knowledge, when it comes to religious knowledge, we need to take it with just as much seriousness, just as much vigor, invest as much time, effort, money, wealth, resources, and encouragement for our kids, just like, do, just like we do with the hard sciences, just like we do with the tangible sciences. Ironically, at the time of Imam al-Ghazali, the situation was switched. Everybody wanted to become a faqih, a scholar in Islamic law basically. Back then, just like nowadays, everybody wants their kids to become a doctor. And nowadays, nobody wants their kid to become an imam, unfortunately. We have to do some serious deep digging in our hearts and souls. We can claim we love the Prophet, but we don't care about the inheritance he left us with. We don't care about those representing him. We have to do some digging and reflection. At that time, it was the opposite. At that time, 
to be a faqih was like being a doctor now, and the opposite. Now nobody wants their kid to become an imam. Back then, becoming a doctor wasn't, it wasn't nearly what it is today. And he would criticize people having the wrong intentions for going into whatever field when it comes to making a lot of money. The issue is not necessarily making money in and of itself. But you have to take a step back and reflect at the before, the during, and the after. How are you making your money? What is your plan for making money? What about the studying that comes before that? What about afterwards? Where is your money coming in from? Where is it going to? When it comes to knowledge, we need to take a step back and reflect and assess. When we think of this term ilm, this term knowledge, what do we think of? It's not just about the secular sciences. And by the way, whatever, whatever talent you have, whatever talent Allah gave you, fine-tune your intention so you pursue that same exact path. It could be medicine, engineering, artwork, media, whatever it is. Go down that path pursuing that passion Allah gave you. Just make sure you're mindful of how you're going down that path. Make sure you're mindful of how you're studying. Make sure you're mindful of your character when you're studying, when you're working, when it comes to giving, when it comes to donating, after you get to that point, bi'ithnillah, where are you donating? How are you donating? What is your adab when donating? Some people, they only give to the masjid with huge strings attached. They only give to an organization with massive strings attached. At that point, they're not even strings, they might as well be chains. I'm only giving this to you with these conditions, and half of them may be completely crazy. What is your intention? Not just how are you making your money, how are you giving your money? Our Prophet taught us والسلام, that we need to reflect regarding every step of the way, every point in our lives. If we want to be people of action who Allah admits into His garden, the prerequisite to that is learning. We need both. Knowledge without action is an issue. And action without knowledge is the other side of that same coin. We're actually reminded of this multiple times daily in Surah Fatiha. We're constantly asking Allah, and this is a dua that Allah has prescribed upon us. Allah has scripted this dua for us. Allah has made it mandatory for us to ask Him for this specific thing. And that specific thing is that of guidance. اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِينَ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Guide us down the straight path. The path of those who you have favored. Those who Allah has favored are those who in a beautifully balanced way, they mesh knowledge and action. The best examples of that are the prophets and messengers. They taught us what it means to blend knowledge with action. We're constantly asking Allah, اِهْدِنَ الصِّرَاطَ الْمُسْتَقِيمِ صِرَاطَ الَّذِينَ أَنْعَمْتَ عَلَيْهِمْ Guide us down the straight path, the path of those who you have favored. Not the path of those who have earned your anger. If you earned the anger of the Most Merciful, you must have seriously messed up. Look at the beginning of Fatiha. Allah emphasizes Rahma, 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 Rahma. That doesn't change the fact that if you continue to transgress boundaries with no regret, with no remorse, with arrogance, with stubbornness, okay, then there have to be consequences. So if every day we're asking Allah, guide us down the straight path, 
Help us to follow in the footsteps of those who blended action with knowledge. We're asking Allah to guide us down the straight path. Knowledge on one side, action on the other. Both with balance. Not the path of those who have earned your anger, nor of those who have gone astray. Al-Maghdubi alayhim, those who have earned Allah's anger, there's knowledge, there's no practice. Al-Dalin, there's practice, there's no knowledge. So if we're consistently asking Allah every day, multiple times a day, guide us down the path of those who led us and those who showed us what it means to have knowledge and to practice it, if we're constantly asking Allah for that, then we have to take a step back and reflect, okay, if I'm asking Allah constantly, am I doing my part? Am I doing my part to seek the knowledge from the right people, the right sources, the right institutions, so on and so forth? Where am I getting my knowledge from and how am I putting it into practice as best I can? Nowhere in the Qur'an, nowhere in the sunnah do we find a command, you have to be perfect all the time. Actually, you find the opposite. Allah tells us, look, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Here's how you fix it. The Prophet taught us, you're going to make mistakes along the way. Here's how you fix it. That's actually the norm. Allah praises a very high rank of people in Surah Ali Imran. Allah says to rush, if the brothers can scoot forward, please. Please scoot forward and close the gaps and if you can scoot forward towards this side, there are people waiting. Make room for others with the intention for Allah to make room for you in Jannah. Jazakumullah khair. So when it comes to the path that the Prophet taught us He taught us to try our best And when we hit bumps in the road When we fall down To get back up and keep going Allah teaches us the same thing As I was just starting to mention in Surah Ali Imran Allah says And rush For dunya Allah says walk When it comes to making a living Allah says, walk, you still have to do your part. You have to dot the I's and cross the T's for your dunya. You have to. You can't sit at home and make dua, make dua, and you're not even filling out your resume. You're not doing your part to go and take action. That's not tawakkul. Tawakkul is you do everything you possibly can in your power. That's part of it. And then the other part, you trust Allah to guide you as you're taking action. As you're applying to 10 different jobs and you're praying istikhara regarding everyone along the way, that's what tawakkul is. You take action and you trust Allah. The, the two, it's not one instead of the other, the two go together. You take action and you trust Allah. Taking action is a sign of your tawakkul. And Allah loves people of action, Allah loves people of tawakkul. For dunya, Allah says, walk. Famshu fi manakibiha in Surah Al Mulk. Walk. Allah didn't say sit down, Allah didn't say lay down, do nothing. Allah didn't say run, Allah didn't say rush. Allah says walk. But for akhirah, Allah says sabiqu ila maghfiratim min rabbikum. Compete with each other, race to the forgiveness of Allah and Jannah which is absolutely massive, there's room for everyone. But am I doing my part to punch my ticket to go there? 
If Nabi did his part وسلم, to deliver the message, he did his part to convey. He did his part to teach It's up to us to do our part to learn, to learn and embody. For Akhirah, Allah says compete, Allah says rush, Allah says go quickly. Allah uses terms of hastiness but in a good way. Like make moves for this, this is worth making moves for. This is not something to, to lag behind in. Sometimes we flip it. We rush for dunya, for akhirah, we sit down, we might walk a little bit. Maybe. Maybe when I feel like it. Maybe when it's convenient for me. Allah Himself is teaching us to look at things differently. Allah says, rush to the forgiveness of Allah. Rush to Jannah. It's promised to people of taqwa. Those who give sadaqah when they're wealthy, a person may think, well, of course, they're wealthy. They can give sadaqah. Allah praises both. Allah says, those who give when they have and they give when they don't have. And they control their anger. And they pardon people. This is a very high rank of people. And Allah is describing their qualities. In the very next ayah, Allah says, and when they make mistakes, Allah doesn't say if. Allah doesn't say if they make mistakes, Allah is saying that it's going to happen. But look at how they react, how they respond. They don't use this concept as a license to justify going and doing God knows what. They don't use Allah being the most forgiving, the most merciful to justify going and doing things that Allah hates. How can you expect Allah to love you when you're persistently doing things that Allah hates? The secret is in the intention. Option one, they try to not make mistakes. And then option two, if and when they do make mistakes, here it actually says when, they're very quick to fix it. As soon as they make mistakes, they remember Allah. And they immediately ask for forgiveness. This is in their nature when it comes to making mistakes with people and making mistakes with Allah. If, if an issue arises and they make a mistake towards someone, they're quick to realize it and to fix it. Something happens between them and Allah, they're quick to realize it, they're quick to fix it. I want to connect all of this with this idea of tarbiyah. Because in our tradition, it's never just ta'aleem, it's never just tarbiyah. The two go hand in hand. Ta'aleem is knowledge, is learning. Tarbiyah is mentorship, is guidance. There's a perfect blend between the IQ and the EQ. This has been our tradition for centuries. In the Western world, in secular academia, there's only ta'aleem. Tarbiyah, who cares? Manners, who cares? It doesn't matter. Once upon a time in the US, a few generations ago, they actually had grades on their manners, your comportment. You would get graded on that because it mattered. We need to take a step back and reflect, okay, when it comes to our kids. And a person may think, okay, I don't have kids. Even if you don't have kids, if you have younger siblings. If you don't have younger siblings, younger cousins, younger nieces and nephews. And if you don't have those younger youth in the community, you definitely have those. The Prophet taught us every single one of you is a shepherd and every one of you will be questioned on their flock. If a person is married with kids, that's self-explanatory. If a person is the head of a community, that's self-explanatory. 
But even if a person has no other person they're responsible for, they're going to be questioned about their own limbs, their tongue, their ears, their eyes, their faculties. There's no way to escape this hadith, there's no way to escape this principle that you're going to be questioned. So we have to reflect as parents, as uncles, as aunties, as elders, as mentors, how can we benefit our kids? How can we benefit our youth? Step one is for us to learn. We try to learn it. We have to drink from the fountain of the Prophet We have to drink from that knowledge, become nourished by it. Therefore, we can then nourish our children. The easy part is to tell your kid, do this, don't do that. That's easy. That's 1% of parenting. The other 99% is what you are embodying and living in your character. We, we, see, that, we see this in young kids all the time. How do, how do they learn? They learn from what they see. They pick up very, they're like sponges. They pick up on everything around them for better or for worse. Step one is for us to learn. We learn, and then after we learn, we try to practice. And part of that practicing, yes, there's teaching for our kids, but the be no one is saying this is easy. I'm a parent, it's the hardest job in the world. I'm, I'm not saying this in a vacuum. I'm not saying this from a standpoint of pure theory. The way the Prophet taught us, والسلام, is to learn and to live as best we can, but that living has to be deeply rooted in love before wanting to teach our kids anything, Islamic, secular, whatever it is, do they feel loved by us, yes or no? That's the initial fork in the road. If they don't feel loved by us, why are they going to listen to us? Why would they care when they're 15 what we have to say if we weren't there for them when they were five? If we had the ability to. We have to learn. We have to live as best we can. They have to feel loved by us. And you can ask them, do you feel like I love you? Ask them, do you know that I love you? See what they say. And if they say yes, ask them, say, how do you know that I love you? How do you know that I love you? I guarantee you they'll have something to say. And if they're brutally honest, like kids can be sometimes, if you ask them, do I love you? And they say, no. <laughs> ask them why. It's a hard conversation, but have that conversation now when they're young. And ask them, what can I do to show you that I love you? If I'm doing something good, how can I fine tune it? How can I keep doing it? And what's something that I should change? No one is saying this is easy. I'm not saying this is easy. But it's necessary, it's mandatory. And we all know that the most important things in life are often the hardest. Step one is for us to do what we can to learn. Not just for the sake of learning. To learn. To become nourished by that knowledge. To try to little by little become better people, become better Muslims because of that. And then to try to live that as best we can. And we have to show our kids that we love them. If they feel loved, that takes care of 90% of it. Then they're going to come to you when they like so-and-so at school. They're going to come to you when they're curious about trying this drug, this type of alcohol, whatever. They're going to come to you if they feel loved. 
This is a massive issue within the Muslim community that collectively we all have to try our best to work on. We ask Allah to make it easy for us. We ask Allah to facilitate things for all of us. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Subhana Rabbika Rabbil Azzati Amma Yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-Muslim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah, wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in. Inna allahu wa malaikatahu yusalluna ala nabiyya, ayyuhal ladhina amanu, sallu alayhi wa sallimu taslima, sallallahu ala muhammad, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. I want to conclude by mentioning two action items. The first one, between today and next Jum'ah, between today and next Friday. And the reality is we don't know how long we have to live. We hope and we pray that we live to see next week. We have to make the intention now that I'm going to have my antennas up. I'm going to have my radar working such that when I learn some, even if it's small, it's actually best if it is small. If I learn a small good deed this week, I'm going to try to do it responsibly. If I'm reminded of something small but beneficial, I'm going to try my best to do it within my capacity. Whatever that is, let's make the niyyah, plant that seed of the intention that over the next week, we're not talking about 10 years, 100 years, just one week, make the intention that I'm going to try to learn something and I'm going to try to live it to my capability. And it's best to start with something small. Start with a dua, one of the adhkar in the morning, one of the adhkar in the evening. Learn it, connect with it, understand it, and say it morning, say it evening. Put a reminder if you phone, if you have to. Figure out what works for you and do it consistently. Turn it into practice. The secret is in the consistency as Nabi Tara sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So this is action item number one. Let's make that intention. Action item number two. I'm here on behalf of Ihsan Foundation for West Africa. Ihsan has been working in West Africa since 1996. We've been endorsed by giants like Imam Zay Shakir, Imam Siraj Wahaj, many others, alhamdulillah, by the grace of Allah. I'm visiting you here today on behalf of the people of West Africa, seeking your support, not for me, for them. For them. $20 will cover all of the school expenses for a child over there. $20 will cover everything that they need for a month. There are two ways to look at this. One way, a person may think that I'm not going to give even a small amount, what difference will it make? That's not the outlook of a person with Iman. A person of Iman, they value giving a small amount and they value giving a large amount. If they can give more, they give more. If they can't give more, but they can give a little bit, they still give that. I conclude with the story that our beloved taught us, we all know it, but are we really embodying it? The Prophet, he taught us that there was a woman who was a prostitute. She gave water to a dog. Allah forgave her and granted her Jannah. Nowadays, we would think, okay, that's like one dollar of water. What difference is that going to make? For her, the difference was Allah forgave her past and Allah granted her Jannah. خَالِدِينَ فِيهَا أَبَدًا Forever. Once you go in, you're not going out. It's not about quantity, it's about the quality of your niyyah, your sincerity, your intention. From a quantitative standpoint, she gave one dollar in sadaqah, the equivalent of one dollar of water in charity, not even to a person, to a dog. Qualitatively, Allah saw her intention, Allah accepted it, Allah gave her jannah. 
how do we process this type of story? There's the knowledge. We have to internalize it and embody it as best we can. We ask Allah to make us people of knowledge and action. We ask Allah to make us people of love. We ask Allah to help us to learn more about the sunnah of our beloved sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And we ask Allah to help us to live it as best we can, especially in connection with our children. We ask Allah to protect all of our children always. We ask Allah to protect their children and their children and their children, bi-idhnillah, until the end of time. Amni Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana hab lana min azwajina wa dhurriyatina qurrata a'yun. We ask Allah to guide them, we ask Allah to protect them, we ask Allah to keep them on the straight path, and we ask Allah to enable them and strengthen them to lead us as we get older. We ask Allah to make it easy for us to pass the baton to them. We ask Allah to illuminate their hearts, and we ask Allah to make it easy for them to hold on to their faith, even if it may be like hot coals. We ask Allah to make things easy for us and for them. Amin Rabbil Alameen. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa kana adhaab al-nar. Rabbana la tu'akhidna in nasina aw akhtaqna. Rabbana wa la tahmil alayna isran kama hamiltahu ala alladhina min qablina. Rabbana wa la tuhammilna ma la taqata lana bihi wa'fu anna. Waghfir lana warhamna anta maulana fa'ansurna ala al-qawm al-kafirin wa aqam al-salah. Please give me 30 seconds after the prayer for the people of West Africa. Barakallahu feekum. Use this one.